0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to MSP Dispatch. you oh, it's not MSP Dispatch. <laughs> live. Am I on the right show? <laughs> and this is what happens when your brain doesn't, <laughs> in the morning, uh, I'm giving up caffeine for a little bit uh, for some medical tests and uh, yeah, Man. brain just doesn't work. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. I'm Ray Rossini, I think, possibly. This <sighs> is MSP Community Live and I'm joined uh, as always by Mr. Matt Topper. How are you doing, brother?
1: Doing awesome, uh, as you can hear, a little congested, but we're uh, we're doing well.
0: I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you know you stepping up and doing the uh, and coming on anyway, even though you're under the weather. Uh, so thank you for that. And I see you change yeah. background quite a bit too. It's uh, it's getting re- it's improving every single week, man.
1: Yeah, you know, it's turned into a hobby. So that's a, unfortunately a very expensive hobby, but it's been a, a lot of fun.
0: <clears throat> nice yeah it's uh it's never ending um we're house shopping now i know i'm going to be setting up a new studio at the new house and so you get started from scratch that's not, that's, a a thing. Thing. <laughs> that's not a good thing that's not a good thing it's not good me. for your wallet it's good for everything else <laughs> yeah yeah it, it takes me like six months to get happy with the setup so um but you know it, it hopefully it works out but we're here to talk about community and talks and stuff um what have you been up to since uh you know the last time we saw we saw each other?
1: Man, when was that? Like
0: a year ago? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you weren't on last this week. week. Uh, I believe you were on the week before were you not? Or no, it was it's been a couple weeks.
1: I think so. It's all a blur at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so last week I was traveling to San Francisco and to Phoenix to do uh, presentations for ConnectWise. And I I just love getting out and talking with uh, our customers and other MSPs and their businesses and hearing what's going on. Um, So it it was a great time, nice trip. Uh, I went to Phoenix and said, man, I totally get why people would want to live here now, at least when the weather is 60 degrees in February, uh, not so much during the summer. And and now we're we're back.
0: Yeah. uh... Nice, dude. What, what was your, uh, what did you speak on? Any uh, interesting topics?
1: Uh, cybersecurity. So talking about from the perspective of if you're a business owner, what do you need to know about what's going on in the industry? And, and right, the, the angle I take is, um, yes, it's it's the ConnectWise presentation, but it's not about ConnectWise, right? It's general yeah. uh, cybersecurity knowledge.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, security is a, a fun topic that literally affects everybody. So not everybody considers it, but affects everybody um so it's good man it's good I, I love hearing you talk and uh definitely do a good job all the time uh and speaking of talking uh let's talk about some stories um yeah. let's see what we got up first uh, y'all don't pronounce the h in phoenix is there a different way to the pronounce <laughs> this <onix. laughs> so this first story we're going to talk about is quoting um so this story is or this Reddit post is, uh, Daniel put it on the screen, throw out some pricing schemes for how you guys are charging for quotes, tired of writing quotes and having them to having them pass to other companies while our clients shop around. Is there a way to look at lock a <laughs> client to a particular SP for a given time in a contract?
1: Oh, man. And yeah. so I, I didn't even read. I, I wanted to save reading the post for. This show, like I I saw the headline and just Mm -hmm. pictured the internal debates I've had about this subject over the years. Oh yeah. And I I don't know about you, I always ended up at the same place at the end of the debate, no matter what we tried or thought about or tossed around. It always ended up the same way. Um, and that is, you just can't charge your quotes. Like it doesn't work.
0: I don't. So I don't charge for quotes, never charge for quotes. I did charge for discovery. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I absolutely charge for discovery. And what I would do is, you know, we do the the initial call, the discovery meeting, yeah. the blah, 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 identifying pain points, blah. you know, and if it seemed like a good fit at that point, I'd pitch, okay, well, the next stage to get you a proper quote is to do a discovery on your network. Um, but the discovery that we did, I would always, credit back 50% if they signed that way they had a deliverable. I don't feel like I did nothing, no harm, no foul to the party. And they're still better off if they go to interview a different MSP because they have something in writing saying what they have and whatever. Not that any other MSP wouldn't do their own discovery anyway, but it helps, you know? Um, So it's that creating the value. And honestly that turned into um, I realized I was getting more people interested in letting me do the discovery and paying for it. And that was more productive than just, you know, doing the regular process and doing discovery during the onboarding phase. Um, I actually closed more deals because I was uh, willing to put in the work, obviously charging for it. Um, And it also, those ended up being better clients because they had budget. If they're willing to put money on the line in the beginning at the discovery phase, these are people that are willing to pay for MSP later on. Um, Yeah. I I loved it.
1: Um, So we kicked around the idea of I was receiving far more quotes than I had time to do discovery on and write up and engineer and all that. And we had discussions over and over again about what this would look like. Could we charge for quotes and refund it if they signed or, or do any of that stuff? And you know, it, it sounded good at the time to me because it was alleviating my pain point of um, spending a lot of my own time writing quotes and engineering yeah. things. But just think about what that's that a time suck, right? Like.
0: like that. Oh,
1: it's a huge time suck.
0: <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. Um, and,
1: and and I thought, I thought, great, right? I'll get some of my time, and I, I won't. Um, it, it'll help my P and L at the end of the day. But think about if you're the client hearing right, an existing client hearing. Let me get you a quote for that. It's going to be you know fifteen hundred
0: bucks for the quote,
1: right? How many of those do you think we ever sold?
0: Yeah, it's zero. I, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, it's so it's like when somebody I used to get grumpy about, like when you called uh, or when I would call an equi- uh, appliance repair person, they're like, okay, well, it's going to be a $50 visit to whatever uh, to go look at it and yeah. provide a quote. I would Same get frustrated. Thing. Okay, so here's how that changes, though. And this is actually what led to my charging for discovery. They're driving out, they're talking to me, that absolutely is part of the sales process. I would never charge for any of that, right? That's my opportunity. For me Mm -hmm. to open and start diagnosing, that's a paid service. So that actually, that's what led me down the, if I'm going to start logging into computers, logging into switches, asking people about what's going on, I'm gonna dedicate the time to it, I'm gonna charge for it. That had the ancillary effect of, because I was charging for it, I was delivering a better finished product, I had to get those processes much more streamlined, right? Cause it's not just a, you have this, this and this, tell the client build a quote and done. If it's a full discovery, you know, a full discovery takes you know a couple of days takes, it's not a small thing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So with the appliance repair techs, if, you know, if they just wanted to charge me to give a quote over the phone or something like that, absolutely not but I began to appreciate when they came out and opened the dryer and said, okay, the reason is you need this piece, this, this piece, it's going to be X amount to fix it. And even if you say no, they got to put it back together <laughs> the way it was. Right? So I, I didn't mind that afterward. Once I thought about the whole picture. Um, and I think that's reasonable, right? If you're going to give,
1: um, detailed specs and things like that, that is different. Um, the, the way we ultimately handled it, by the way, that's a really good point, the network upgrade for managing perspective clients, right? Like yeah. a managed client, uh, you'd be crazy to charge significant or really anything um, for a quote. Yeah. What we ended up doing was two things. One was training our AMs and BCIOs, right, it's a different name in almost every MSP, but whatever that position is in your organization, um, to bring to the projects team things that they were relatively sure were real opportunities and not just like, we're going to toss out three ideas just because to see what, what they might cost. And the other thing was to get your project engineers all right, the person who does the architecture and the quotes—that was me in a lot of cases. But I did train other people to do it. In the long term, to be good at start at giving budgetary estimates, right? Like mm. to say, okay, this is going to be about ten k, and be very clear, right? It could be eight, it could be twelve. By the time we engineer everything, um, yeah. those are always free. And, and so, okay, Mister Client, um, it's going to be in that ballpark. Do you want us yeah. to go through the engineering to get? Like the real detail that that saved the waste, that's what eventually killed the waste of time once for us.
0: Yeah, we well, that's setting the expectations up front, right? You're going to have you're going to need this amount of budget, this amount of yeah, whatever to do this, you know. And for us it was, you know, we're charging one eighty, two fifty a user. Um, there's a base fee um for X amount. And I could tell by the number of users typically and what you know, line of business, uh, and especially what LOB apps they had, I could usually flesh out in, in my head general ballpark what kind of equipment I'm looking at. Uh, yeah and then go and whatchamacallit, and then go and uh, you know, do that top of mind quote. Um to Jonathan's point, uh, and I know you addressed it, I just want to go more fully. Uh quoting for mm-hmm. managed services versus server network upgrades are gonna be different, right? Managed service versus prospective client. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna speak for Matt, but I'm to me, I'm talking about pre uh, non-clients. This is all discovery prospect stuff. Um, once they're an existing client, there's not often that I would have charged for any kind of quote. Um, now, I it took me six months to realize I would only do managed services, not just, uh, and not do any break-fix or block hours or anything like that. Um, and so, whatchamacallit, uh, we would do that, you know, we started charging for it, but once they were MSP, they're paying monthly and they're paying a a pretty big nut monthly. Um, I didn't mind doing quotes and stuff, you know, without charging for it. What about you? How did you guys handle it?
1: Yeah, pretty much the same way. The the big thing for us was getting acceptance between the projects team and the managed services team that we would really only quote something, like do the full engineering for something that looked like it was going to be viable. And so what used to happen in the early days was you'd have an account manager say something like, hey, uh, client, our projects team will get you quotes for, like full quotes for cloud and for a server replacement, right? And so now they've committed the projects team to four days of work instead of two. Um, That we had to do something about and and really try and get the options whittled down beforehand. Um, that, That was the only thing that we would push back on is trying to get, the options or that conversation narrowed down before we got to the full architecture phase.
0: Yeah, Uh, so I got Dean asking Kelvin. So the funny thing about Kelvin, uh, Mr. MVP and uh, Microsoft aficionado to the stars, um, Kelvin and I, when I was back uh, in my MSP days, when I first met him, we would talk about stuff and, and MRU and other stuff. And we realized we were the same damn MSP, just on two different continents. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's funny, cause like anytime somebody asks one or the other, I'm like, if he answers, I don't have to answer cause it's the same damn question. Um, so yeah, does he charge for scoping? Hell yeah. Uh, whether you're new client or existing client, by the way, because also our deliverables aren't just, we'll do the project, we'll deliver a complete project plan, including scheduling and required knowledge. Um, Okay, that's interesting. That's a little different from what I said. I might have to amend my statement a little bit, but I want to give you a chance first, Matt. Um, does this change any of your answer at all? Because I, I realized uh, the way I did it is slightly different than probably what he's talking about.
1: So certainly for existing clients, um, what we delivered absolutely could be taken to another MSB, um, right? It wouldn't have part numbers on it, but it wouldn't take very much engineering time to figure out what the parts were anyway. Yeah. And for that, we we simply relied on the strength of our relationships that they wouldn't do it. Like From our perspective, it was if the client is going to – shopping hardware is one thing, but shopping a project, if they're going to do that, they're probably not a good fit for us in the first
0: place. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed 100%. The the reason I uh, say I need to amend my statement a little bit, absolutely all of the work required to scope it out and give a proper – set of timelines and project management, um, and milestones. Yeah. That's a lot of work. There's no question having a project manager design that out hundred percent. It's a lot of work. I would build that into my initial quote. Um, Mm -hmm. just like I said, I can usually walk into a space and based on number of users, based on the LOB apps, based on the industry, based on what I see, uh, equipment wise, I can usually get a ballpark. We, we build that fifth, that sixth sense when it comes to that. Right. Um, but when they're a managed service client, I usually know most of the stuff. Um, So when there's an LOB app they want to introduce, they're changing EMR, they're changing whatever. Um, Usually we already know, we've already become acquainted with what they're doing today. Um, So during the discovery process, we'll ask for um, what they need, the minimum viable options they need to move and what the pain points are. And then say, okay, when we're gonna start discovering, it's gonna take, you know, it's gonna take us a week to find potential uh, things it's going to take us uh you know another week to review those and and you know do our due diligence and then blah blah so i could build that all in the project plan in advance so i didn't have a full project plan for him but i had the grand items right the discovery the pain points the review the validation or i'm sorry the due diligence and the validation with the client and make sure it meets needs and then planning out the deployment um you know but i i could, an EMR deployment is six to 10 weeks. It's not the end of the world, depending on, you know, yeah. 50, a hundred person, uh, doctor's office is what I'm talking about. I've done it for like surgical centers and that's about what it took me. So I didn't need to charge them for the planning side of it because I was doing just big pieces, right? Uh, discovery, implementation, post-implementation, uh, tweaks and fixes. And then once we started doing it, yeah, but I had already built in the the real project planning time into whatever quote it's gonna be. So same effect, yeah. they're still paying for it, you're just doing it a little different. Um,
1: no, that, that's such a good point, right? We didn't come out and say it, but yes, we don't charge managed clients for quotes, but I certainly keep track of the time I spent making the engineering and tack it onto the hours estimate at the end.
0: It's it's playing with the money, right? It's one of those things I used to do with the uh, PCs, for example. Um, we were complaining about, uh, or I was, uh, waxing poetic about Lenovo on MSP dispatch yesterday, uh, or actually the one that came out just before this episode, um, talking about Lenovo, right? Lenovo is notorious for, uh, people finding better prices on the public Lenovo site than we get from distribution. Um, they're one of the worst that come when it comes to that. Um, but we were talking about the Broadcom changes to the VMware partnership. Um, <laughs> yeah, they go there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're all pissed about it. Ten thousand partners cut off, um, but they're making it better. Um, go, go watch MSP Dispatch if you didn't watch MSP Dispatch before here because we covered it. um But with that, with the uh, the Lenovo stuff, the problem is, or it's not not just Lenovo, but clients will get ads and they will not know how to differentiate between a consumer PC and a business PC and blah blah blah. So when I would quote and I did it a little differently but when I would quote I would I would show the difference I would make the PC part cheaper the labor part larger. So overall it's the same damn mm-hmm. cost but to them they're getting the PC at 300 bucks or 500 bucks or 1000 bucks instead of 1500 bucks. Small changes but the overall is still the same for me. Um, they just, it's a psychology thing. It's the Walmart. Everything is 98 cents instead of 99 cents. Cause you're saving a little bit. And if it's on sale, it's 97 cents. It's the dumbest thing, but it works or using a uh, medium to a large at the, for a popcorn at the movie theater is only a quarter, right? One's $15, one's 1525. So you're like, okay, I'll get the large. Um, it's just psychology.
1: Well, and, and here's the other thing. I don't know about you. We didn't make very much on hardware anyway. So if yeah. it actually was somehow the same product at a better price, go buy it from them. Like it, it, it just didn't matter that much. Now, usually it wasn't, but it, you know, if they really could get the same thing then I, I wasn't going to make a big issue about it.
0: Yeah, that's, um, the way I approach that and I, I share it around, uh, I'm all about expectations. I probably uh, say that ad nauseum. People get tired of me saying that, that and what's in the doc. Um, but, uh, what should we call it? Um, so with the pcs i would go in advance um the very first meeting i would have um, once they're signed once we're done discovery like you know they that we're at stable phase and whatever so now we're planning future stuff i would figure out a basic pc budget a power uh, manager pc budget and a power user pc budget which usually ended up being the executives um yeah but we had those numbers set in advance, right? 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, whatever it was. So when they added users, I didn't have to quote a damn thing. The hardware selection was up to me. I know for $2,000, I can absolutely get a business laptop, you know, an E-Series, a a T-Series or whatever, right? Or even a lower end XPS. Um, So within those budgets, I had playroom and I still had revenue, but I stopped asking pay right it's like it's just as bad as the uh subscriptions for like netflix and hulu and all that once you've said okay you forget how much is being taken out of your account and it worked to our benefit it made us more um it made Mm -hmm. us more efficient Uh, yeah
1: most clients aren't going to go and like check the specs and and like have strange desires for what they want in a pc but if somebody did and they they really got down to that level again, it goes back to, they're probably not the kind of client I want to be working with anyway. Um, But I'm not really going to quibble over. um, I can get the same direct for this much, right? Because for, for bigger things, you were deal, deal registering them anyway. And for PCs, you know,
0: whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Well, even that, like the deal reg and stuff like that, that takes extra time. You know what I mean? And for those vendors that require the client information after the fact, Um, good luck getting it from me, but you know, there's certain vendors that you have to do that to register warranties and stuff like that. Um, You know, it's there. Um, All right, so Kelvin uh, salvaged my comment when I said we're the same MSP and then he said something different. Um, So (laughs) we do charge them for the plan. If they grant us a project, we waive the cost or half the cost depending on the size of client, which is exactly what I said before he joined of when we did discovery for MSP we charge them for the discovery and the deliverables. um, And then we would credit back half of it if they actually signed up with us. And the crediting back half didn't hurt us because we were charging onboarding regardless of any discovery we've done. Onboarding Mm -hmm. discovery are not the same thing. Don't complete those. Don't lose out on revenue, please, please, please. so I think that uh, I think that's all we can possibly say on that subject, unless you have any more. We could beat on it. it
1: to death more if we need to. <laughs> I,
0: I think we should move on. I think we should move on. <laughs> um, all right. So this next article, I, internal IT and MSP rivalries are annoying. And also, those of you in the chat, I, Dean, Jonathan, uh, Kelvin, anybody else in the chat, um, if you have stories you want us to discuss, put them in the chat and we'll discuss them um
1: Ooh, this is right. a good topic
0: yeah all right so danny go ahead and bring it up danny's producing for us today in the background uh i'm new to the msp world and one thing i'm starting to notice is common amongst many clients we have not all most are awesome to work with but it's common uh, doesn't make sense um internal life IT folks that said like clients clearly don't like us i would presume because they see msps as stealing their thunder it's a job threat uh I'm experience i've experienced myself as well overheard others bad experiences with internal it blah 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 is this normal for msp i mean we've we've actually been fourteen thousand times uh but it's worth discussing um and danny's getting kudos uh, for producing <laughs> yeah um okay so are we the bad guys uh for internal it i and i say we you know the royal we when we used to be msps but are, are
1: we yes No. In fact, I, um, some of my favorite clients had internal IT and, and I think you can have a fantastic relationship with internal IT. Um, because those ones, when you pick up the phone and talk to them, you're talking to a peer, right? And you can talk to just like another coworker or sysadmin be talking about the same type of level or the same types of things you would as one of your coworkers, it was a very easy conversation to have, right? You didn't have to translate anything. You didn't have to like come up with the car analogy for whatever you were about to talk about. Um, I thought it was, was very nice. And in fact, I don't know about you in those environments where they did have internal IT for the most part, we were uh, supplementing them. So we didn't really have a lot of uh, like level one support stuff to deal with or any of that kind of thing. It was for, um, projects that got over the internal IT department's head, or like extra coverage, or things like that—man, um, they—they were fantastic clients. I, I would do more of them if I could.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's it's one of those things that um, you don't have to explain. So I'll, I'll use my own office for example. We had to restart the firewall today, which I'm it. So I had to do it this morning before admin came in, which means that i completely forgot to do it until she came in um so but instead of saying i have to reboot the firewall because there's some issue with DHCP registrations and you know we want to clear out the cache i said i did the the user thing i said i need to reboot the internet it'll be down for a few minutes knowing how much pain that causes me internally when i hear i need to reboot the internet because you and i both know (laughs) it's not the internet it's but um yeah, uh, the whole internet, <laughs> the whole internet. We shut down everything. Um, no, that's uh Czechoslovakia's uh thing. And if you wonder what the hell I'm talking about, go check out their horrible history of taking over BGP routes, but anyway, um so but you don't have to do that to your point, you don't have to do that with internal IT, right? Like they understand the point of an EDR or an MDR, they understand the point of SAT, they understand the point of a million things so. You can be besties, right? Like, and I strongly yeah. recommend be their biffle, right? Be that their go-to. They should be your champion. We talked about champions in a previous episode. Um, they should be their champions, and it seems like Jonathan, uh, Jonathan has a uh, good experience. I've got two co-managed clients. They have one internal IT person who does level one stuff. I just resell them licenses, do their big projects. Love the relationship. Yeah, I mean, it usually works out. I want. Um, which call it? Uh, it usually works out one of two ways in my experience. and I'd love to hear what you uh, you've come across. Um, but in me, the co-manage always worked out to one of these two. either they were overwhelmed with tier one tier two support, but they had the knowledge to do their own projects, so we provided uh, frontline support um, and usually some tools and stuff they wouldn't have access to um, or, They had tier one and on-site support handled. They needed somebody to do the design architecture, the overall planning part of it, because it was a little out of their scope, right? How many clients have we seen that they hired an IT person? The IT person is somebody who watched some YouTube videos and is still a teenager. Um, Not to say there are not IT people out there that are smarter than us, that because they've been watching YouTube videos, I'm just saying that it's rare. Um,
1: There, There were cases though, in fact, this was often uncomfortable. So when, when we had the kind of relationship that the post described, right, where the IT person felt threatened, um, man, most of the times because they actually were threatened, right? Um, how many clients have you taken over where you knew the internal IT person was going to get canned within the first three months? They didn't know it, but the client told you that in confidence and you had to kind of work with them in the beginning. Those yeah. were awkward. Um, so, so what, what I have found is that for the most part, when that internal IT person feels threatened, it's because you either haven't defined the relationship well enough, about who's responsible for what, or they have a legit reason for it because they're getting the boot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and that sucks. I mean, we've been there, right? We're like, I know I've been there where the, I'm talking to, a. uh, a prospect and they're like can we go meet at a starbucks or can we meet at your office <laughs> and i'm like oh somebody's getting fired okay yeah i know where this is going um you know because i i usually prefer to do it in their place because you know kill two birds one stone kind of thing um and i want to scope out are they like working out of cardboard boxes or is this actual office with you know cubicles or desks or whatever it happens to be uh certain things you're never going to get over the phone so yeah I, uh, so what you want to pull a spoon and see what the, uh, the comments said.
1: I, I predict that the comments are, I'm going to give, give Reddit credit here. I think they're going to talk about the good potential for the relationship.
0: All right, let's see what uh all right, roll for initiative who's a frequent comment poster. Uh it's frustrating common thing is if the MSP and Eternal IT are half decent, they can make an amazing team. What doesn't work if one of them are what doesn't work is if one of them are terrible. Uh <laughs> yeah, an argument there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh sometimes they make it worse. Um You know, uh, they came to us for backups, get squared away. It was miserable working with them. Oh, as a friend moved to a new company, had a couple internal IT friend having worked with us, knowing we had procedures and organization down, which is also a major bonus for working with an MSP as far as co-manage. The documentation should be stellar. The, um, you know, the processes should be stellar because we do it every day. Uh, So internal IT went to HR bosses having us do stuff. You'd only do if you were going to outsource our jobs. They had no documentation. Oof, that's rough. That that is like the worst uh, interpretation. Oh point. man, <laughs> I feel bad for that. Um, let's see if we have some partnership, uh, some positives. Uh, right, drums, if you're
1: gonna toss yeah. your internal IT after hiring the MSP, like just do it. Like do it. In stick, it yeah. stick around for a, a week or two, or however long it takes to transition and hmm. cut the cord
0: yes absolutely like it, there, there's no reason you have to i don't know there's no reason you got to belabor the point I'm, I'm the kind of person if somebody wants to leave or i'm going to get rid of somebody i'd rather terminate them immediately and give them a couple weeks severance than keep them on knowing they're going i'm going to be terminating them or anything like that it's just it's not worth it to me um all right let's see oh i like these and i think this is squarely in uh in your um Wheelhouse, sorry, Danny. I gave you no notice for this, uh, but I'll start reading <laughs> it while he pulls it up and does the banners. Um, which I call it bring old Yeller out back? Yeah, sometimes just just ter- get it done. Get the co managed out or, or get the uh, internal it out. Um, all right. So this one is so. How about those cybersecurity insurance <laughs> renewals forms? It was a good comment. <laughs> um, how about those cybersecurity insurance forms? A. Uh, Love, love me some canadians Ooh, boy i'm filling out one right now that looks like it was designed in excel 2010 and the format hasn't been updated since uh if i let auto zoom i can't read the hand size font and zoomed down 100% okay the form is bad um it's not even addressing okay the-
1: yes been- the form might be bad
0: yeah i i think the middle paragraph is probably more important uh to us uh not even addressing the contents i'm new to sysadmin level role Red flag one. Uh, I was T one T two, so I acknowledge that maybe I don't know the acronyms. But why do I have to Google every single question? He's absolutely right. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to vent because it's so on my monitor. Poor guy. <laughs> 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 oh, we've been there. uh PCI. I, I'll tell you. Yeah. Oof, it's never fun.
1: Um, it, it's not. And great. Right, what he's doing is all you can do because the reality yeah. of it is, if you want coverage, you fill out the form.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm not. So one of the things, one of the reasons I've talked about this before, one of the reasons I liked uh, regulated businesses is because most of the questions were the damn same thing. <laughs> it was, yeah. you know, do you have a segregated network? Do you have uh, restricted access via physical security controls and alerting? Do you have temperature control environment? Blah, 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 blah. They're all the same thing. So we would build a catalog of questions and answers so that when this stuff come up, it was just a matter of matching them. And if it was a new question, we'd add it, right? This way I could have a junior project manager. We did project managers or TAMs, the technical account managers, mm-hmm. um, would do these because I don't want my help desk doing this stuff, um,
1: but yeah, there the are tam. Platforms
0: for that. There are platforms for that, so we're vendor agnostic. I'm not. Um, I'm speaking on this one because I know this most, um, but they're not the only vendor that does it. Um, Fifth Wall. Uh, one of the reasons their MSP program uh, is uh, one of the reasons I like it so much is they aggregate all the questions because they're a carrier um, and and they have the sub carriers. They aggregate all the questions, so you're doing one form, regardless of who it is, um, mm-hmm. and it's more MSP friendly. Um, the acronyms—that's a whole other animal. I don't think acronyms should ever be on any forms you're collecting from a non-knowledgeable person. But that's me. Uh, <laughs> am I wrong no, there? I, I, mean, I agree.
1: I mean, I, I think um, so. If you're somebody, right, and assuming you're not doing fifth wall or any kind of um, consolidated. Vendor, just resign yourself to the fact that you are not going to change the insurance company's mind and then you have this stuff and yeah. just, just get through it. You, you will have a much easier time when you come to the conclusion that, like, you may be technically correct or be correct in the world of the looking through the best practice eyes or any of that stuff. Hmm. What they want is what they want, and just, um, yeah, accept that.
0: Yeah, I mean. You know, it's committee. It's not a, uh, or I'm sorry, it's uh, they have all the power there. You're you're answering their questions. It's not like you can say no, I don't want to. <laughs> like come on Reddit,
1: vent <laughs> about it. Right? That that's what you do, or go into like Discord and, and complain about it. You'll feel better.
0: Yes, go to go to Discord. Go vent on our MSP. Go to vent on MSP Geek. I don't care, MRU, IT, pull party, do whatever. Um, Lord knows we all know we all need the venting. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, what you call it um uh, all right so i'm looking at i'm looking at these stories here and the reason it's
1: like okay. the speed round is i can't see them beforehand though
0: i know nor uh, so i know so what i'm going to do this is what happens when i used to be the guy that showed everything and uh and whatchamacallit and now it's uh i have to work with others like we were just talking about um this other one I'm looking at, vendor overbilling, uh, sage advice from oh, a
1: when I saw the link, I thought we were going to talk about, like, peach tree or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what should we call it? So the, the reason I'm bringing this up, normally we don't cover legal and, and uh, tax and all that stuff. And those are actually prohibited on RMSP. But this is Joe Cyber, who's uh, who's knowledgeable in our industry and always sharing excellent information. So- um, uh, I'll I'll give him a pass uh, Daniel Aston is on the legal side for MSPs I'm on the insurance side we've both had clients get nailed for crazy bills from vendors as always we're not giving official legal insurance advice Thank you Joe. Just trying mm-hmm. to help out the community in this video we walk through actionable steps after the bills come in to try to resolve the matter faster what MSPs could do before signing contracts to try and minimize these issues in the future. Um, I know every time yeah. I've had a I've had a contract dispute or something like that, um it's always been uh I've always looked at actionable steps after the fact how we could prevent that going forward with all our other vendors um you know, it's a it's standard post-mortem, right um uh, so mm-hmm. we're telling people go watch the video I definitely go watch the video. I cannot say I've watched it myself uh but Joe is always providing really good uh content for the for the group so um I recommend it but yeah, what a, have you come across that? Have you had overbilling? Because I'm sure all your vendors were always 100% accurate. Um, hell, even uh, Fred Vicola got on stage at Datacon last year and, and acknowledged the uh, the billing issues that Casey has had. Every vendor has billing issues. Every vendor. So we do. I work for a vendor. We have billing issues. So, to that end, let's give some constructive feedback on how we've approached it as an MSP and how we approach it as vendors, how we think that should go. Um, <clears throat> so, on the MSP side first, did you have any tips and tricks at Iconic that, you know, helped you resolve these things more quickly, if possible?
1: You know, I, I think it's the same almost universally. Like from both the customer and provider side, whether that's client to MSP or MSP to vendor, um, everyone involved needs to acknowledge that billing issues are going to happen no matter how organized you are hmm. and deal with them. The, the one piece of advice is to be to allow flexibility in your policies and internal procedures to deal for the weird things that come up like there is no worse answer than sorry that's policy like every policy can be deviated
0: from everything like don't do that to your clients man like you know so we had a vendor actually speaking of Um, we were asking for certain things. It's a managed environment. We are the clients of the managed environment. So there's limited access to certain things. Um, Mm -hmm. And we were asking for certain levels of access. Um, And the answer I kept getting was it's for security and compliance reasons. Ooh. To which you and I are both in the that space. So I'm like, okay, completely get it. Give me the framework you're using. Give me the compliance thing you're using. So I know what the expectations are and I can work within those parameters. No problem. Mm-hmm. They could never give me one. Because don't tell me, that that's not security and compliance reasons. That's policy decision internally, right? Security and compliance reasons means this is something you're applying from some framework. What risk or, are you
1: protecting against here?
0: Yeah, what are you protecting against? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You know, I, I later found out they had a misconfigured network and doing any kind of remote access would open you up to everybody. A la, you know, Meraki VPNs used to do this too. You couldn't segregate individual VPN endpoints. Mm, yeah. Um, there was access to everybody, which is why one of the many reasons as a network engineer, I was not a fan of Meraki. Um, but uh, is yeah.
1: great until you have to do something weird.
0: <laughs> and, and, as the overcomplicated guy, everything I did was something weird. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. not my use case. Uh, I have a good friend uh, that standardizes on Meraki, but it's specifically so his texts they're better focused on other things. They don't need mm-hmm. to know deep level networking in those cases. Absolutely makes sense. I, I have no arguments against that. Uh, just not for me. So let's see here. Uh, so on the vendor side, I know you said it's the same on both sides, but... Um, it, it really you, is, right? Like, oh yeah, it, it is. It is.
1: Acknowledge that this stuff is going to happen, and empower the people who are uh, fielding these requests, right? To either have the flexibility to make exceptions and fix it, or give them a conduit to get it in the hands of someone who can,
0: right? Yeah. that—that's really the answer. Yeah, I, you know, it, it also realize they're just people on the other side, right? And and you didn't say this explicitly, but I'm gonna go ahead and extend what you said of, it's really the mm-hmm. same conversation on both sides because it's an us thing, not an us versus ed thing, it's an us, the vendor and the MSP trying to get it solved. Because while you're frustrated they're over, or under or incorrectly billing, they're also frustrated they have to waste time on this, right? Like it's something the system should have fixed to begin with and they definitely didn't do it on purpose, I would think. Um, and in most cases, the person you're talking to is not the person that can make the final decision, so realize that. Like, don't be a dick. <laughs> I think it's the easiest way to say that. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's perfect advice. <laughs> oh, so <clears throat> you know, I uh, I was going to give you a pass. Um, I think I'm not going to. I'm looking for the. Oh, there we go. The MMN post. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Broadcom. Um, so as many of us have already heard uh broadcom has um they purchased vmware the deal closed fairly recently i want to say um it was finally approved uh mm-hmm. and they changed their partner program now we covered on msp dispatch that's why i included the link um but the links to the actual articles are in there in the thread so um which call it so their partner program <laughs> They're not the only ones that did this. Uh, yeah, I'm getting worked up just thinking about it. The moment. So Broadcom buys VMware, Broadcom makes a decision, uh, subsume uh, VMware's partner program into the overarching Broadcom partner program and make changes to better align the two. Everything up to there makes absolute sense to me in an M&A mm-hmm. structure. But then they started Dell they started doing the Dell thing of, you know, remember Dell started killing partners access to a uh, direct uh, premier and they wanted everybody to go distribution if you were below a certain financial threshold or whatever. Um,
1: oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, reps started calling my clients directly.
0: That too, that too, that's a whole <laughs> other, that's a whole other ball of wax. Um, but VMware or Broadcom, Broadcom VMware um, actually made changes that, and the changes aren't finalized yet, like they haven't actually said 100% of what the changes are finally going to be, which is another point of frustration, but they cut out 10,000 partners. Now, to me, that's cart before the horse. If you have your partners that don't know the expectations of the partner program, right? Like if you're a tier one CSP with Microsoft, you know the financial commitments, you know the compliance commitments, they're black and white. As black and white as Microsoft can be with all their documentation, but there it's readable, right? Like you can get somebody um, to read it. But if they haven't defined the final partner program yet, why are they cutting off so many partners? Um, well, right,
1: and and you just talked about the answer to this: the the CSP program. Um, this is one part of it that goes well, right? Like if you're a smaller VMware partner, there is no equivalent really to an indirect CSP in the new VMware program. Is you know, you have to kind of beg a big one to let you have some licenses.
0: Yeah. that yeah, That's the frustration. It's super frustrating. It's super, super frustrating. And, you know, um, I use three CX three CX is a competitor. So take this with a grain of salt. Um, but so just take the facts from me. Don't take my opinion. But three CX did this too. They changed their partner program. Um, I want to say 2022. So, you were only getting uh, rewarded in the partner program on the point side for new license purchases. None of your renewals started counting when it used to count before. Um, you know, I get it. You want new blood, you want new business, and all that stuff. I have a I have a very uh, strong disliking of anybody that moves the goalposts for a partner program. Like that to me is disrespectful. If we're going to change the partner program, I'm absolutely going to grandfather in the people that had the old program i'm not going yeah. to change it on them right <clears throat> like it's a slap in the face it, it's uh and that's not just 3cx <laughs> i want to be clear many <laughs> programs have done this right um sonic wall killed their has program they left the uh, i forget what distributor it was secure maddox then went direct and now they're with uh i forget who they distribute through um don't know don't know don't know don't care um, they got rid of the HAS program so i couldn't care less anymore um but you get what i'm saying they, they, they Evolution happens all the time, but you have to take care of how you're going to treat your existing partners, how you're going to not screw up their business. Because how many of us mm. have built our businesses on certain technologies, right? Yeah. Like if Microsoft kicked, I'll use Kelvin as an example. If Microsoft, yeah, now I'm going to get banned by uh, 3CX. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be the first. And But that's another, that's a, that's a nighttime with drink discussion. Um, but whatchamacallit. But like Kelvin, for example. I'm sure he figured out he's a smart guy. He has a great team over at Lime Networks. But if Microsoft killed his partnership, I bet that would torch a good portion of his business. right? And and you have to recognize your vendors can do that. They can absolutely do that. Um, Knowing that, was that something you ever planned ahead to kind of mitigate that risk? Um,
1: It's something that you you plan for in a risk assessment. So it definitely is something you think about and it's no different than um, considering the partner might go out of business one day or might discontinue the product one day. So you do have to consider that. Yes. Um, The likelihood though is usually low enough that you you don't necessarily have a playbook you pull out for when that happens, but it is something that we think about. Um,
0: Oh, (laughs) we're mad
1: oh it was such a great uh, point no it wasn't i yeah, was just was finishing fantastic. my <laughs> my sentence right you, you, know you think is? about it but the likelihood is low
0: no you do um uh whatchamacallit um uh what was i gonna say the likelihood <laughs> is okay so likely sorry the 3cx comment threw me off and then i was gonna make uh yeah see the Dean said exactly the thing I was thinking. Um, 3CX got <laughs> mad. There, Nick was trying to go after me and then he kicked Matt off instead. Right, Just got um, the wrong one. Yeah. But so to that end, um, because I'm uber paranoid and I'm always looking for, uh, I'm always looking for ways to bring him back in or to protect myself. <laughs> I have, I <laughs> every single year to, uh, at my vendors, and if I had to replace them, what's out there? It does, a, it does a couple things for me. And and yearly may be aggressive for a lot of people. We have the structure for it, so we're okay. Um, it, it is a significant amount of work. Um, but reviewing the platforms so we know what the options are, and it gives us two things. It gives us, A, we know who we'd move to if we wanted to move because of X things, who's closest mm-hmm. to the solution. B, it reminds us and lets us recommit to whatever Application or vendor we're using, because we've now reviewed and acknowledged they're still our primary choice for this space. Um, we always joke about like you know it's our, it's Wednesday, switch your RMM RMM and fire your client, or you know what I mean. Like we we joke about these things and shiny object syndrome, which is a hundred percent true. Um, mm-hmm. Which oh that's another thing VMware got rid of free free XI yeah XI. but also it's three hundred bucks for like the three licenses for the base one like if you're if you can't pay three hundred bucks don't do it commercially um, and I'm totally not counting any of my personal lab machines well, yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say labs are gone now that's the big thing <laughs> they are um, but I would argue building labs in Hyper V locally is far is just as easy and maybe sometimes easier because it's built into you know, any professional version of Windows. Yeah, Um, it is. Now, as a public infrastructure, I absolutely prefer VMware. Like if we're hosting something and a lot of our infrastructure is VMware, it's paid, Um, but, uh, you know, we, uh, which we'll call it, uh, you know, it is. Anyway, so, you know, but that recommitment to knowing this is the tool I still like, this is the tool I'm going forward, um, you know, and acknowledging there's a high barrier to entry. I think that still deserves, that exercise deserves to happen, right? But yeah.
1: I, I think, and you, I'm going to expand on your point that this is a risk. Uh, so when you're doing third-party risk assessments, there's really something like eight types of risk. And this is one of them. And, and another one is this is a risk. If you're using something that's very specific or bleeding edge that has no alternative, um, that's a significant risk too, right? Like Say you found the absolute perfect, whatever software, right? Um, if they go out of business you, and they have no competitors, uh, you're in trouble as an organization, depending on how important that is to your operations.
0: I, I agree hundred um, percent. So Jonathan mentions, uh, there, I found the video. I wanted to make sure I had it. Uh, he's talking about Tom Lawrence. Tom Lawrence is a huge, huge fan of XC, XCPNG um this is a link to his video where he talks he's actually done several videos on it um xcpng i believe is open source if not it's absolutely freeware i believe it's open source Mm -hmm. as well um and can be used for commercial application if i understand correctly i I know um, tom does an amazing job of actually covering like what the licenses are and what it means for your application he does a great job um so go check out tom at Lawrence systems uh if anybody wants to watch that it's, it's definitely interesting um All right, so but even that, if it's an open source platform, it could absolutely change. We had this with Tailscale. We had Tailscale for two years, and then they changed uh, they changed goalposts on us, and we had to move over to uh, uh, we went over to Cloudflare for everything. But still. You know what I mean? It was like, it wasn't a small lift and it was like an immediate, uh, it was jarring to be told, hey, you need to move. And we found because they cut off our access. So we didn't get remote <laughs> access to stuff. Uh, yeah, so we're trying to log in and then there was a support ticket because there was no notice. And then via the support ticket, they finally said, oh yeah, after 24 hours. Oh yeah, it's a matter of, um, you know, we you don't qualify for this anymore. We, ha- uh, we had to revoke access. Change You need to change your tier. Um, which sucked. There was no notice. They sucked. Um, That's not really cool. Yeah. And so because we have done the yearly reviews and we always have backups for all of our systems, we knew immediately we were going to move to WARP, Cloudflare work. Warp. Um, and we had already done the due diligence on, and you know, we hadn't done a, a deployment plan yet. We hadn't done uh, documents and education to the staff yet, but we were prepared to do so much, much more quickly because we'd been reviewing uh, every single year. Um, so I think it actually took us, 48 hours to get warp uh, configured, loaded into Intune, deployed out to the endpoints and notified the staff, create the documentation, notified the staff of the new changes. Um, mm-hmm. So, Which is ridiculously fast for a remote access solution, um, but it was because we were prepared. So with that, um, damn, you, you said we were doing rapid fire, but we took the whole hour. <laughs> we went uh, pretty good. Um Yeah. Data centers hate this one simple trick, Um, (laughs) which we call it. So I want to close with something really awesome. I'm very proud of. Um, MMN has started the Channel Impact Awards as of this year. Uh, Every, I believe it's every quarter, we will review another group, uh, another segment of our space and ask for open nominations for whomever wants to uh, nominate for that space. this first series, recovering women in tech, um, because it's an underserved, underrepresented minority in our space. Um, the numbers are anemic. Uh, I'm the proud father of a female engineer. Uh, my company is actually, I think, sixty percent fem- uh, women. Um, you know, including leadership, not just sales and marketing and HR, um, <laughs> which always seems to be the case. Um, so I say that because you know, if you have somebody, this is not looking for executives this is not looking for people that have the highest revenue numbers there's there's already lists for that right like you can already go and and there's people that that cover those lists i don't care about that i'm looking for any woman that has had a an impact on anyone um, in your space, if you've seen somebody looking out for somebody else, somebody that took somebody under their wing and started introducing them to people, um, somebody that got you into doing something you weren't comfortable doing, like public speaking, and, and enabled you to do that, that's what I'm looking for. Um, doesn't have to be executives. Doesn't it could be a vendor, it could be a client, uh, an MSP, it could be, you know, a consultant in our space, which is a vendor, but that's another conversation. Um, but any women in our space. And I know Matt, you and I both know amazing women in our space. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked with some amazing women. Uh, She's not at at ConnectWise anymore, but Amy Lucia. um, uh, Oh, I love her to death. I absolutely love her to death. But you guys have had so many amazing people over there. Um, You know, Corey Lehman. So many people. I'm not going to go down the list because it's a long list. Uh, But yeah, I mean, so we're going to run the promo and uh, we'll close it out. But before we do, Matt, uh, anything you want to close with before we take off?
1: Close with, um, man. I, I want to expand on my point about third-party risk. I just <laughs> love talking
0: about it. Yeah, we we can go another hour in the uh, MMN right? stage. Right, it's not just, it uh, not just not yeah. just checking
1: their SOC two report.
0: Yes. Um, and actually, that's something we're working on with Adam Wilford, uh, uh, who worked over at, uh, with Bob Coppedge, Simplex, and now uh, Adam's elsewhere. Um, Kevin Dekevich is my CTO for OIT. Um, and obviously, he used to work with Adam. Um, and so we're doing a due diligence thing we're working on. I'm definitely going to rope you into it. Um, Dean brings up an amazing point. Uh, an amazing woman at MMN is running the program. And yes, while I support it. Well, I'm absolutely an ally. And I absolutely it's super, super important to me. I wanted to make sure this was run by a woman in the channel, not myself. Um, mm-hmm. So Logan, uh, who's our community manager for OIT and MMN, she has spearheaded the whole damn thing. Um, she selected judges. She created the criteria. Um, I provided minimal import, uh, input other than asking for this thing to be done. She has absolutely taken over. Uh, there you go, Logan. <laughs> I've been summoned. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. So if you have questions, uh, the judges are, um, help me out, Logan. The judges are uh, Logan, Alex, Alexandria Boyd at OIT, uh, Heather Johnson at Goes Into Eureka, um, myself. I'm missing one, and I'm going to get in trouble for missing one. Logan will tell me who it is. Um, we have five <laughs> judges. <laughs> uh, you can't leave
1: out just one. Now you're really insulting the one person So I left think out. it'll be
0: on the promo. And actually, here's a call to action. It's absolutely on the nomination link. Um, <laughs> so go to the nomination link to find out who all the judges are. And they're all in the MMN Discord, so you can come over. Um Tara Summer, Tara Rummer had. A, I love Tara with Bot, uh and Immense Technologies. Um, had a great episode on Gone Fishing, which is Finn Securities uh, episode. And actually, I'll be on their hundredth episode. Maybe Jamie didn't want me to say that, but uh, I'll be on their hundredth episode. Super great. Finn uh, Finn's anymore. Gone Fishing is actually a pretty cool thing. Yeah, not anymore. They're gonna kick <laughs> me off. <laughs> So with that, everybody, we appreciate you. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other, and uh, let's continue the conversation in Discord. Go go, ping Matt and tell him, tell him how much you love the new VMware program. So. <laughs> awesome. All right, thank you, dude. Bye, guys.
2: Here at the MSP Media Network, we have a greater responsibility to recognize women not just for their accomplishments, sales, productivity, and products, but for their direct impact on the MSP channel. Our newest show, Channel Impact Awards, will spotlight the mentorship, charitable works, and behind the scenes, above and beyond behavior that often goes unrecognized. Our first season of Channel Impact Awards will award women of the channel for their incredible contributions. We hope you'll join us in our commitment to highlighting the exceptional women of the MSP channel. Please scan the QR code on your screen now to nominate a woman you know for the Channel Impact Award. You have two weeks to nominate someone you know. Stay tuned on the MSP Media Network. For more information on the Channel Impact Awards, including our esteemed panel of judges and the first set of award-worthy nominees. in a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.